you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. And we are here, and we're so glad. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Joy FM Straight from the Bible. As we begin our Bible question and answer program today, we would like to invite you to please join us for prayer. Let's pray. Wonderful Lord in heaven, thank you very much for giving us this time to have a, a Bible study and to bring our questions to the Scriptures. We would like to ask you, by your grace, and through Jesus' name, please give us your spirit so that we may be led into all truth. Be with us here in the studios of Joy FM, and also please be with our listening friends throughout the islands. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I am very glad to be here with my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. So glad to have you here with me. Hi, Pastor Moffness. Thank you for having me with you on the studios today. It's wonderful to be together, and it's wonderful to have our listening friends tuning in. And uh, Jessica, I'm sure there are many people out there who would like to call in their questions. And so why don't we give them this uh, the contact information so that they can do so? If you are calling from the island of Guam, the number to dial is 472-1111. That's 472-1111. If you're from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is 323-1113. If you'd like to text or WhatsApp your question, you're welcome to do so, 671-686-9999. If you want to email your Bible question, you can at bible at joyfmradio.net. B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. We're also live on Facebook as of right now. So if you want to check us out on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. And when you go to that live stream on Facebook, on our Facebook page, you're going to see under the live stream a comment section, and you can put your questions there, and we'll see it right away. And if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday, from 5 to 6 p.m., then you're listening to a rebroadcast. Now, of course, you can still contact our studios to send in your question, but, of course, the live answer will come the following live program, Monday from 5 to 6. Okay, now, Jessica, it seems like we have a caller right off the bat, and so why don't we go ahead and welcome uh, our, our first caller? Hello. Okay, and we're going to be talking to... Mr. Frank. Okay, Frank. Hello, Frank. Welcome to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air, sir. Yay. Hello, Frank? Hi, is Frank there? <laughs> is anyone there? <laughs> I, I wonder if there's anybody on the other end of this line. Um, okay, looks like uh, somebody isn't listening to us right now. <laughs> but that's okay. Why don't we go ahead and put them on hold? All right. Uh, okay, and so let's uh, give them uh, time to <laughs> get back to us. And we're very sorry for that, uh, but uh, we're going to wait until Frank is able to talk to us. We'll give him a few minutes. Okay, uh, Jessica, I do think um, besides this live call that we're waiting on, I think we do have a uh, some emailed questions in. And so why don't we take a look at one of those? so that we can uh, open the scriptures and, and answer some questions. Okay, so we do have a question that came in. It says, what kind of unclean seafood can we not eat? Is octopus and shrimp clean? Okay, well, that's a good question. Um, many people would be surprised to find out that the Bible does give a list of foods that God considers unclean, and he says not to eat of it. Now, he mentions the, the land animals, and he says anything that parts the hoof and chews the cud, that is clean. And so, of course, uh, things that have parted hooves and chews the cud, eats grass, uh, that would be the, the you know, oxen, cows, mm -hmm. sheep, goats, uh, deer, uh, carabao. <laughs> but when it's talking, uh, the, the question is specifically talking about the... 
sea, the sea animals or, or uh, animals that are in the waters, you find the, the criteria for to whether or not an animal is clean or not in the book of Leviticus chapter 3. I'm sorry, Le- Leviticus chapter 11 and reading verse 9. And 9 and 10 should be the verses that we want to read. Jessica, would you like to help us with that? It says, These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. So the scriptures is very plain as to the water animals that God considers clean and those he considers unclean. It has to have two physical traits. They need to have both fins and scales. Now, the question that came to us specifically asked for octopus and shrimp, whether or not it's uh, they're clean. Well, these would be considered unclean right. biblically. Mm-hmm. And so the octopus, of course, has no fins or scales. Shrimp don't have fins or scales either. And uh, so w- many people ask, well, why would God consider these an abomination and, and uh, not fit for consumption, for human consumption? Well, the truth is, if you look at octopus and shrimp and all these other animals that God considers unclean, typically they are bottom feeders. Uh, they are they're the animals that stick to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And they start cleaning up the the waste that uh, sinks down to the ocean or river floor. And so that would be a very good reason why God would consider them unclean is because their bodies are full of the waste and toxins that, uh, that they eat. And so that would be a very good reason why um, it's feasible how – I'm sorry, not feasible, but it's uh, understandable why God would call them unclean. So anything with, without fins or scales – God uh, says that's unclean. All right. So thank you very much for that email question. And uh, Jessica, should we try Frank again? Hello, Frank. Hello. Are you on the air? You're on the air now, Frank. Hello? Yes, hello. You're on the air. Go ahead. Do you have a question for us? Hello? 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 Did you hang up on me? No. No, no, no. We're here. Can you hear us? Can you hear us, Frank? Try it again. Click that again. Hello? Are you here, Frank? Oh. We didn't hang up. (laughs) I think he had a hard time hearing us. Right. Okay. Well, um, I think that we can just simply wait for their call. Okay. Now, it looks like we have another question, and um, uh, it looks like we have, uh, or or perhaps we should just (laughs) wait for for him to call back. Um, Okay. Sorry. We're having a little bit of a back and forth. It feels like a game of ping pong, Uh, but we'll wait for Frank to call back. Okay, and so I let's wonder... go ahead and put him on now. Okay, go ahead. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Can you hear us, Frank? Hello? I think we have some technical difficulties with our comic stack. Let's drop, let's drop this call. Uh, that way, uh, hopefully we can get this fixed. Okay, it looks like, uh, it looks like uh, those of you who are trying to call will have to leave your question with the operator. And uh, so our operators are standing by. Thank you very much, Frank, for calling. But it looks like he left his question with us anyways. Uh, Jessica, why don't you read Frank's question? It says, if a person was baptized as a baby, does he have to be re-baptized? Okay, well, that's a very, very good question. Baptism is a very important Christian biblical doctrine. In the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, we see that Jesus, he told his disciples to go and baptize and make disciples of people from all nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to read that for us, Jessica? 28 what? Uh, 20, uh, 19, 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Hmm. So here Jesus says, go out and baptize people. Now, when peop- if you take a look at this verse, there's so many things in here that will tell us what ha- needs to happen to accompany baptism. First of all, it says, teach all nations. In other words, make disciples of them. So a baby... Can a baby be can be a baby be taught the gospel and the biblical truths 
nope. that, that we find. No, a baby can't do that. Uh, a baby can't learn all these things. Um, a baby needs to grow and mature until he can fully understand what right. it means to be a Christian. And then it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So we see that uh, keeping God's commandments also is a very important thing for a person to understand before they're baptized. And once more, a baby cannot do these things. If you go to the book of Acts chapter 2, and I think we can uh, turn our pages to go there. In the book of Acts chapter 2, Peter was preaching to the crowds there at Pentecost, and he had something very, very important to say when he mentioned baptism. In the book of Acts chapter 2, uh, we take a look at verse 38. And Jessica, would you like to read that? It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So before mentioning baptism, the Apostle Peter says, Repent. Um, of course, we know what rep- means. What it means to repent. To repent means to have sorrow for sin mm-hmm. and to turn away from it. Right. Once more, is this something a baby can do? No, baby no. does not understand any of that. The more verses we read, the more we see that um, a baby cannot do the things that needs to happen for baptism. One more verse: Matthew, uh, Mark chapter sixteen, sixteen. Mark chapter 16, verse 16, and this is what um, Jesus said when he, uh, just before he left, in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 16, before he left to his, to his father's throne, this is what Jesus told his disciples. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So here we see he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So that is um, another uh, prerequisite. First of all, we saw that you need to be taught. Mm -hmm. Second of all, we see that you need to repent. And then you need to believe. Now, a baby is not able to do all these things. Right. And so whatever was done um, to us as a baby, it was never our choice. And um, we could never fulfill the things that needed to happen in order for baptism. And so although our parents must have meant very well when they tried to make us Christians as babies, um, baptism is all about a person's choice to follow Jesus. And so, yes, um, a person needs to be baptized no matter what happened to him or her as a baby. A person needs to be baptized when they are able to fulfill all these things that we have just mentioned. And so, yes, be, uh, being rebaptized would be necessary because now you can believe, now you can repent, now you can be taught, and now you can obey God. Right. Something and you couldn't do. They have that conscious mm. choice, conscious choice now to make that mm-hmm. uh, decision and start their walk with God. That's right. So important. And once you do those, once you are able to do those things, um, it is a very wonderful thing to make a decision for baptism. Baptism is a it's a it's a washing away of sins. It's a burial of the old life and beginning mm-hmm. a new life with Jesus. We just read that when you're baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's just so many wonderful, wonderful things that attend a baptism that you choose and that you are giving your heart to God to. Right. So we really, really do recommend uh, for those of you who want to be baptized, please pursue that and pursue that new life with Christ. Mm. Okay. So thank you very much for the person who called in that question. Okay. So we do have the question that was left mm-hmm. by the last caller that we couldn't get through to. Okay. It says he, uh, Frank wants uh, to know, was Satan and the fallen angels here when Adam and Eve was in the garden? Or was Satan in the garden bef- before or after? Before or after Adam and Eve were created. This, I, I'm going to, the, the question is a little um, not too Unclear. specific. Mm. Uh, but many people, I think I get what this person, what uh, Frank is trying to say. Um, there are many people who ask, did Satan fall before or after uh, before the world was created and Adam was created, or did he fall um, after they were created? 
And that's a question that uh, becomes, it, it comes often enough, mm-hmm. and it's a very good question. I believe that we do have evidence that when Adam and Eve were created, there was already uh, sin in existence, not on earth, but somewhere else. In the book of uh, Genesis chapter 2, we see that God, um, God, well, first of all, he made a perfect earth. Right. He made an, an, a world that didn't have any sin, no sickness, no death, no pain. Everything was just perfect. But when God planted the Garden of Eden, and I'm looking at uh, Genesis chapter 2, and now verse 16 and 17. It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So here we see, just after the creation of Adam, that God said, There is a tree of good and... Knowledge of good and evil? The knowledge of good and evil. So... Evidently, evil did have an existence. Right. Not in the world that God made new. Uh, there was no sin. Right. There was no death. Right. But it, but Adam received warning that there there is a tempter, and that the temptation would be to eat of this tree. And there was nothing poisonous about the tree. The whole thing about sin was the choice: the choice to to uh, eat the tree or disobey God and. I'm sorry, to obey God and stay away from the tree and don't eat it, or to disobey God and eat of it. Right. So evidently, it shows that uh, after Adam's creation, or even before Adam's creation, there was already a sin problem that God warned Adam about. And he says, don't have anything to do with it. Right. So that that's where we can, that's where we see that... Uh, um, the, the whole great controversy between Satan and God existed even before the creation of the world. Right. So it's safe to say then that after God had created Adam and Eve mm-hmm. and the knowledge of good and evil was there, um, even the tree of life was there, uh, then Satan came over mm-hmm. and tempted yes. Adam and Eve. So it's not like God put him there or... God put him uh, with Adam and Eve. It's mm-hmm. just he came. Right. Uh, he still had some kind of freedom mm. to go there. Well, that's the whole thing, is that the only place mm-hmm. that Satan could tempt Adam and Eve was that tree. He wasn't supposed to uh, follow them around and harass them. Right. It was only in that tree. That was the only place. And God told and said, you know, don't eat of it. And so if they had stayed away from the tree, they would never have had the temptation. And so, yes, Satan would be permitted to test Adam and Eve's loyalty to God only at that tree. But when they failed, then sin entered the world and ruined everything. And so that uh, that's that's where we that's where we see the scriptures pointing to. Okay. Okay. How much time do we have left? We have about nine minutes left before we have to go on our break. And I want to give those phone numbers out that Jessica said at the beginning. And it's 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from Guam, that is. If you're calling from the CNMI, then please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio. Forwards, uh, Facebook.com forward slash JoyFM Radio. Leave your question there in the comments section of our live stream, and we'll see it right away. Okay, now I think we have another question. Because our, it looks like we're not able to answer phone lines on this side of the studio, you can simply call those numbers and leave your question with our operators, and we'll see the question when uh, he, he uh, sends it our way. So it does show, Pastor Moffness, that someone did try calling, uh, and all they could do is leave their message because, like you said, the lines were down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the question is, which baptism is valid, sprinkling of the water or immersion? That is another good question. I like all these questions that we're taking on baptism. We're Mm -hmm. receiving a lot on baptism. Now, we want to come straight from the Bible. And so I'm going to the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, chapter it should be chapter uh, 3. In Matthew chapter 3, speaking about Jesus' baptism, it says in Matthew chapter 3, and looking at verse 16, and uh, Jessica, would you like to read that for us? Yep. 
And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. It says here very specifically that Jesus, well, first of all, this is at the Jordan. Now, just a little bit of thinking tells you something. If water was by sprinkling, John didn't need a Jordan. He just needed a jug right. or a cup. And so if, if baptism was by sprinkling, he didn't need a whole river. Right. The very fact that John was doing this at a river, it shows that a lot of water is needed. And mm. so and there's, there's, really only one, <laughs> there's really only one mode of baptism that r- requires a whole lot of water, and that is to immerse the entire person underwater. Right. It says specifically here that Jesus, it says that he came straightway out of the water. Well, if a person came up out of the water, that means they went into the water. Right. Right. Uh, Jesus wasn't baptized by, you know, standing on the shore. He went into the water. And so it shows that this is about immersion. Now, many people, uh, many people ask, well, why is it important, (laughs) the mode of baptism, uh, does it really matter what the uh, the method is, uh, what baptism is, uh, you know, as, as long as it's water and as long as the person believes, right. isn't that what really matters? Mm. And so if we look at the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 4, uh, 3 and 4 actually. It says, Know ye not that, as, that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So the verse clearly says that we are buried with Jesus by baptism. Okay, so then baptism symbolizes a burial. Right. Now when we bury people, we don't sprinkle dirt on them. We don't, uh, we don't pour a cup of dirt upon a person who is being you know, who's being interred into the ground. Burial is when the entire person is completely covered with the earth. Right. And so in order for baptism to properly symbolize, properly symbolize burial, there can be only one method, and that is immersion. And that's the reason why it's important. Now, some people might say, well, it's just a symbol, so what does it matter? Well, symbols carry meaning. Mm. You know, uh, there are a lot of things that are symbols, that if we change it, we change the meaning of it, you know, uh, such as communion, the, the bread and the grape juice. They symbolize the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. If we change the symbolism, then we change the meaning. Our nation's flag, red, white, and blue, if we change the, the, the way the flag looks, then we're changing something about what that original flag meant. Right. And so, so on and so forth. And uh, that's the reason why it's very important to preserve and to do things the biblical way so that the meaning and the teaching behind it stays intact. And that's, and that's the only teaching that Jesus gave. And so it is by immersion. The word baptism itself comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to immerse, to dip under, uh, to to fully submerge <laughs> under right. under the uh, the water. So baptism symbolizes death. So when the person you pastor are a pastor, so when you baptize people, you immerse them straight into the water so that they can come out of the water. The ba- right. That's right. When they when I baptize biblically, they go under the water. They're holding their breath. That symbolizes death. Right. The water completely covers them. That symbolizes burial. But then, as we saw in Romans chapter 6, they come out of the water to newness of life. And in that way, they identify with a resurrection. Right. And so the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is symbolized and joined into by a proper biblical baptism. You know, the thing is, Jesus Christ did that, and Mm. you won't go wrong by uh, following following his example. That's right, yes. I would would love to be baptized. When I was baptized, I'm so glad I was baptized. We were baptized together the way Jesus was. Right. And that is uh, the way, if Jesus did it, that's the way I want to do it. (laughs) All right, so thank you, Pastor Moffness. Let's go ahead and go to the next question. Looks like we did get another call. Thank you for all the callers that did come in um, and left your message, uh, questions, I mean. 
So it says marriage in heaven. Yes. If a single person dies and goes to heaven, will he be he or she be able to get married and have kids in heaven? Okay, getting married in heaven. There are some、uh, groups of people out there who teach that you can get married, may, maybe even more than once in heaven. And so, let us go to the book of Matthew, and we'll ask Jesus what he says. Okay. Right. So let's go to the book of Matthew twenty-two, verse thirty, and we'll read that. Oh, but before we read that, <laughs> as you can hear from the music, we just hit the five thirty mark, which means we're not done. We are going to be taking a break. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. A bowling ball rolls perfectly and freely until, in a single moment, the urethane orb connects with pins. The whole goal of a bowling ball is to use it to amass points that lead to a better score than others who are equally interested in amassing points. It's sort of like archery: you aim, you shoot. Bowling's just noisier. We hope our station strikes a chord because we'd hate to see you split. And if you could spare some time, you could pray for us. Support appreciated. Joy FM. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111, or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com/forward/slash/joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello, and welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible here in the studios of Joy FM. If you are from the island of Guam, please go ahead and give us a call at four seven two eleven eleven. If you are from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, that number is three two three eleven thirteen. If you'd like to email. Your question, you're welcome to do so. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net. If you want to text or WhatsApp your question, that's six seven one six eight six ninety nine ninety nine. We are also live on Facebook right now. If you want to leave your question there in the comments below, that's facebook.com. Forward slash Joy FM Radio. We'll be so glad to take your call, but unfortunately, we're having some technical difficulties, and、uh, we tried taking a few calls, but they couldn't hear us, and so we're really sorry about that. But you can still call, and our operators, our friendly operators, are standing by, and they'll take your question and give it to us. And so, please don't be discouraged. Please call. We're so glad that you're listening, and we're so glad that you're sending in your questions. Okay, now we there was a question that we were about to answer before we ran out of time in the first half, but we can take that question now.、Uh, Jessica, what question is that? If a single person dies and goes to heaven, will that person be able to get married and have kids in heaven? Okay, good question. Now, before we read the verse that I wanted to read, there was something in that question that stuck out to me. When a person、mm-hmm. dies and goes to heaven. Uh, right there,、uh, something needs to be corrected. We do not go to heaven right when we die.、Um, the Bible is very clear when we all go to heaven.、Um, I quote this、uh, verse quite、uh, quite a lot in,、um, in 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 our meetings and our in our show,、uh, and that is that in the book of First Corinthians, First Thessalonians, rather, First Thessalonians, chapter four, verse sixteen and seventeen. I think I will ask Jessica to read that for us. Because it tells us exactly when people who have died and people who are still living、uh, will go to heaven. It'll tell us when. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Okay, so here we see that.、Um, When do we go to heaven? Not when we die,、um, because it says that those who have died will resurrect when Jesus comes, and then they go into the clouds, and then we go. Those of us who are still alive, we go into the clouds, and there we all go to heaven together. And so, if a single person dies, he doesn't go to heaven right away. 
But that single person will wait until Jesus comes back. Until the resurrection. The last until day. the resurrection of the last day. But then the verse goes on. Um, okay, so we finally get to heaven. Are we able to get married and then have kids in heaven? Mm. Good question. And Jesus was asked that very question. Right. And so he gave an answer in the book of Matthew 22, verse 30. Okay, let's read that. It says, For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. So Jesus made it very clear that uh, marriage and uh, the act of marrying or giving in marriage is uh, it, it doesn't exist anymore. It says they're like the angels of God in heaven. In other words, they're not forming uh, marriages and they're not having children either. And uh, many people uh, wonder, oh, wow. And uh, what about the single people? <laughs> you know, the single people who never got to have children, uh, single people who never got to have a baby here. And, uh, you know, or, or not only that, but there are many people who are couples and they tried having children and they just biologically were not able to do so. And they really wanted kids here in this world. I believe that at the resurrection, there will be babies. I believe that there will be children who will be resurrected because they believed in Jesus. Uh, but mom and dad didn't. And so the babies made it, but the kid, but the parents didn't. And so those, those uh, children are going to need some, <laughs> some parents and there'll be a lot of, uh, There'll be a lot of um, uh, willing moms and dads who'll be, who'll be so glad to take in these children. Now, I want to read the Bible verse for that. I'm going to look for the, the uh, verse about uh, the children of the barren. There it is in the book of Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. Would you like to read that for us, Jessica? Isaiah chapter 54. Verse 1. It says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. So it says that the woman who was barren, who never had kids, will one day have more kids than the one who was married and, right. had, and had children. Mm. And so I believe that at the resurrection, children will be given to single people or, or, or women who never got to be a mother. And uh, as they're, as these kids are growing up in paradise because, you know, they died young and uh, but mom and dad are not there. And those are situations that just might exist, I think, very likely to exist in the resurrection. And Jesus gives the children parents and he gives the uh, the uh, these barren or uh, un, you know, childless uh, people children to raise. So it's a very, very interesting uh, scenario how in in. Uh, when people get to heaven, every joy that they ever wanted <laughs> will be there. Right. Yeah. It's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, situation how God will rectify a lot of things that they wish they could have had here on, on this world, in this world. Well, you know, Pastor Moffness, I know that uh, Jesus was not, um, he made it clear that in the resurrection that there will not, not be marriage. No one's going to marry mar or give marriage. At least it, what he said. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, what about here on earth I, I you know i i don't know um he did say multiply uh to to marry and and, and multiply or will that or is it better you know because it, the, the scriptures were okay there are a lot of people who wonder that okay so in heaven no marriages but what about when we come to the new earth that god right. is going to make in the new earth i believe it's the same thing actually mm. um there's something that Jesus said in that very verse that we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. He says, in the, res in the resurrection, they neither marry or are given Amen. in marriage. Now, he was actually answering a question that the Sadducees put forward. And it's the, they put, they gave him a, uh, uh, they gave him a, uh, an impossible story that no one could answer about a woman who married seven brothers and right. they all died Right. Leaving her childless. So mm -hmm. whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And then that's when Jesus said in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Now, when we read that, there's a question that immediately comes up. And I, it's an unspoken question, but everyone's everyone should. If you think about it, this is the question you should ask. Why is Jesus saying that they're not going to get married? Weren't they already married? You know, mm -hmm. when, when, uh, 
when um, the husband, when the husband and the wife die and they both come up in the resurrection, are they still married or do they need to get married again? See, that's the question. The question is, are they still married when they are resurrected? Are they still married when they die? Now comes the verse that I think many people overlook. It's found in the book of Romans. I believe it's in the book of Romans. And so it should be in Romans chapter, uh, it might be Romans 7. Let me take a look. You know what? Let me do a search because it's faster than my brain. But um, if we take a look at uh, Romans and we take a look at the verse that says that. uh, Okay, so uh, I'm going to go to Romans. Uh, let's look at what uh, Jesus was talking about between husband and wife. Um, okay. If you go to the book of Romans, chapter 3, uh, 7, chapter 7, verse 3. Okay. It says, So then, if while her husband liveth, she, uh, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress though she be married to another man. So what happens when, what happens to our marriage vows when we die? They, they're no longer... They uh, are no longer ma- a husband and wife. It right. says that when the husband dies, she's freed from that law. Mm. And that's the reason why in our marriage vows we say, till death do us what? Part. So they're parted. And so that's why if she marries somebody else, she hasn't sinned because she doesn't have a husband. So death releases us only death releases us from the marriage covenant. And so that's why in the resurrection, Jesus says they're not going to get married again. Mm. Nobody marries or, or is given. So they're marriage. not under that law anymore. Nope. Even not according to the Bible. Even though we were alive, got married, right. they're now dead. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, it's all void now. The, the marriage covenant has been void mm. because it, uh, the, the law only has an effect when a person is alive. Right. Death okay. releases a person. Okay, now it looks like we have another call and another question. So let's listen to it. Uh, let's uh, look at that, uh, that question. In Genesis, when God called out to Adam, was that Jesus in the garden? Because he did mention in the New Testament that no man has seen God. Okay, that's a good question. Um, when we take a look at how the... Uh, let me go to that verse that was uh, that, that person just quoted. And um, when we, if it's interesting where Jesus said that no man has seen God because, let me go to that verse before I start um, quoting it. All right. Let me go ahead and see if I can find yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's race to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, is it, is it first, John? Or, yeah, First John 4. Go ahead. Or is it uh, John six forty six where it says, like, there's so many verses <laughs> there I just realized. Yeah. There it is. And John six forty six. It says, not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. And then John one eighteen. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Okay, so in John one eighteen and John six forty six, when Jesus says that no man has seen no one has seen God, mm-hmm. he is specifically referring to the Father. Right. No one has seen the Father. Now, Jesus is God. According to the scriptures, right. uh, John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, and verse 14, in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, the Father calls Jesus God. And so when it says that no man has seen God, it doesn't mean that no, that Jesus is not God. He is. But Jesus, when he said that, says no man has seen the Father. That's what he meant. And this is so plain because in the Old Testament, we have people who have seen God. Um, Samson's dad, uh, Manoah, he says, now we will die because we have seen God. Um, The Lord came and spoke and talked with Abraham. Um, The elders, they saw God standing on a pavement of sapphire. And so there are many times where God is seen uh, um, um, either through vision or in person. And so it is very evident Uh, that the God of the Old Testament that people saw, spoke with, would be God the Son, Jesus Christ, the pre-incarnate Jesus. Right. And Jesus did say, before Mm -hmm. Abraham was, I am. So he was talking about himself 
being there in the uh, Mount Sinai with Moses, mm-hmm. even and, in the in garden. The burning, in the burning bush. Burning bush, right. yes. And in the garden where it says that God uh, walked in the garden in the cool of the day, that would be Jesus. Right. The creator himself. Right. Okay, good question. I love these questions that are coming in. And uh, it looks like we have another call, and that means more questions are coming in. You know, uh, we really do apologize for the technical uh, difficulties that we're having. It seems like we're having a malfunction of our of our telephone lines where you can call, but you're not going to be able to hear us, <laughs> which doesn't work. And so this, uh, so go ahead and call 472-1111, and our wonderful operator is standing by to take your call. He'll be the one to send us your question, 472-1111. That's if you're calling from Guam. If you're coming fr- calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, then it's 323-1113, 323-1113. Okay, it looks like that phone call is over, and that means that uh, somebody left a question for us, Jessica. And uh, let's take a look at that question. It says, if I am single and I date women and I sleep with them, is it adultery? Well, that is a good question, and I'm so glad that somebody called that in. If you're single and you're, um, you're sleeping with the other woman, and same way, if you're a woman and you're sleeping with other men without the benefit and the blessing of marriage, that is called fornication, uh, rightly understood. Fornication means marriage is not in the picture. As soon as marriage is in the picture, however, uh, then that is called adultery. Uh, one or both are married, and they, but one or both are married, but they're not married to each other. Then that would be called adultery. Both fornication and adultery um, are uh, they are sins in the sight of God, and something that God uh, tells people to repent from. The woman who was caught in adultery, Jesus says, when he saved her from stoning. He lovingly gave her grace and says, I don't condemn you. But then he says, go and sin no more. He called adultery a sin and uh, by extension fornication as well. And he says, don't do it again. Mm. Did you have something to add to that? No, I, I totally agree about how that, you know, God, the Bible is so specific about fornication mm-hmm. because I was just looking at verses and how, for example, Mark chapter seven, verse 21, it says, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, mm-hmm. murders. Right. So fornication and adultery are totally different, like you said, because it does involve marriage with adultery. Yes. And so the Bible even covers yeah, you know, sleeping around for yes. with people that are not your husband or your wife. And he, the, the Bible does call it fornication. Um, the Bible makes it very clear that fornicators will not inherit eternal life. Right. And, it, you know, it's such a very strong language that the Bible uses. And so it is something where if uh, a person is actively doing this, God calls for repentance. He calls for obedience. And, you know, I might as well go ahead and just put this in. That marriage, rightly understood and rightly done, brings far more blessings and peace of mind than any sin. Uh, A person may think, well, it's so enjoyable, I'm having fun. Uh, What may be fun at the beginning will rob peace and finally eternal life at the end. But when a person is married and they have God's blessings and God's smile of approbation upon him, upon them really, then there is a knowledge in the heart that you are keeping God's commandments. The both of you can partake of the blessings of marriage without any guilt. And you know that your heavenly father is pleased with you. And so I recommend doing marriage God's way and, and uh, enjoy the, the blessings of peace and, and all the other things that God wants to pour into our marriage and families. All right. Thank you, Pastor Moffness. We do have another question that did okay. uh, someone did call in. Uh, they said they heard someone telling them about a third testament. Is there any? Um, a third testament. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if the person is referring to extra books that, sh- they, that people say should be in the Bible. Or are they talking about there was an old covenant and a new covenant. Maybe there's a new covenant after the second one. Uh, no, there isn't. The There is no Third Testament. The New Testament 
as complete as it is, has been with the Christian church since the beginning and has been preserved until this day. Um, I think I answered last Monday about extra extra biblical books that people say should be added. Uh, the Bible actually tells us that we should not add or take away from the Word of God. And uh, so, no, I don't believe that. Uh, I believe that the canon of Scripture that we have uh, has been, is complete. I believe that the Word of God that we have is complete. I believe that... Uh, these other books that people find in archaeology, they believe they belong where they usually go in a museum, but it, it, there's no need to add it to the Bible. The Bible, as it as it stands right now, has been giving salvation and 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 bringing truth to people for centuries, even millennia. And to say that there's some book that's been lost and it should be added would mean to say that everything that the Bible has done in the past was a lie. And so I don't believe that uh, I don't believe that there is uh, an additional that God is trying to add to it. All right, thank you, Pastor Moftis. We do have an email question okay. that came in from Am- Amani. It says, "When Jesus comes and you go to heaven, what will happen?" Oh, okay. So when Jesus comes and we go to heaven, what's going to happen when we get to heaven? You know what? I would love. To hear what everybody wants to do the first thing when they step onto those streets of gold. Are you going to shout? Are you going to? Are you, are you cry? going to cry? Are you going to hug somebody? Are you going to look for your guardian angel? Are you going to look for your uh, deceased loved ones? Uh, what is going to happen? The book of Revelation, chapter twenty-one and twenty-two, tells, and and then there are some verses in the book of Isaiah that tell us that there are going to be wonderful things to do. When we get to heaven, now the Bible does say uh, probably the first things that are going that are that is going to happen when we get to heaven is that there will be some questions that some people might have, and uh, you know, where's my loved one? Why isn't he or she here? Or you may see somebody that you didn't expect, and you have a question: Why is that person here? I thought that person was terrible. Uh, why is he here in heaven? And so one thing that is so important to understand is that there may be a lot of questions when we get to heaven, and God is going to answer those questions. I believe the verse is found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, and I mistakenly turned there earlier today. Um, actually, it's 1 Corinthians 4, and if we can read verse 5, Jessica, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. If you can help me with that. It says, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. Here, the the Apostle Paul tells us, don't judge anything before the time. What time is he referring to? It's very clear. When until the Lord come. Mm. So after Jesus comes, there will be. A judging. Uh, we're not supposed to judge before that. But after that, when the Lord come, after it says here, he brings to light all the hidden things, all the secrets and all the missing, the, the information that we don't have now will be given after that. And so, yes, after we get, when we get to heaven, we will partake in a sort of judgment. Now, in other words, you may wonder, where's my loved one? Well, information, the books will be open and information will be given to you to answer the question, where's my loved one? You may look and see a person that you didn't expect to see in heaven because you thought the person was terrible. The books will be open and you take a look uh, at the information and you see, oh, you thought he was terrible. But when you look at the books, you see where he gave his life to Jesus and God gave him a new life. And with the added information, you can make correct judgments. And so that may be one of the first things we do when we get to heaven. So it sounds like all questions that were ever asked mm. will find answers. Will then. be answered. Yes. By, the first thing in heaven. By God himself with his angels. All right. Thank you so much, Almani, for that question. Pastor Moffness, we have one more. Let's see if we'll be able to answer that within the few minutes we do have left. Okay. It says, I quit my job. How do I know what God wants me to do next? I need guidance from the Lord. When we're talking about getting guidance from God and letting God lead us, 
There are a few things that you should let lead you. First of all, whatever you decide, do not go against uh, the word of God.、Mm. Uh, please don't take any employment that will compromise your faithfulness to His commandments or faithfulness to anything that His word says.、Um, Uh, if God, you know, if、uh, if the job is asking you to, <laughs> you know, go against God's commandments, any of the commandments, whether it's asking you to break the Sabbath or asking you to be dishonest, whatever the Ten Commandments have to be,、um, we have to be faithful to those. And everything that the Word of God, anything that goes against the Word of God, is not right. Okay, so let's say the job. It it seems like it's a good job. It's not breaking any of God's commandments. Now it's time to turn to prayer. And prayer,、uh, the Bible says, "Trust in the Lord、uh, with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths." And so, it's very important to pray and acknowledge God and say, "God, lead me." And when you ask that from a sincere heart, I believe that God is going to、uh, hear your prayer and and、um, and answer. But that has to happen. After you're committed to keeping God's commandments,、mm. the Bible says that whoever turns his ear from hearing the law, his prayer will be an abomination. So it's important to be committed to the Ten Commandments first, and then pray. After that, you could ask wisdom from other people. The Bible says, "In the multitude of counselors, there is safety." And so you can ask people for advice. Ask people, "What do you think?" Now. There are many different people who would give different advice, and so even their advice you have to weigh against the word of God and His law. Right. But ask people that you believe do have wisdom. What do you think? And they'll be able to tell you,、uh, give you a third-person perspective that you didn't see before. And then after that, you can look for God's providences.、Uh, you can see where God opens a door、uh, or where He closes a door.、Um, this is where you can follow. Impressions of the heart sometimes, but the word of God has to come before that. Now, in, I I went really fast through that because we were we were low on time, but I hope those those uh four uh three or four principles could help you about finding employment. Okay, well, thank you very much, each and every one of you for. Uh, tuning in, and for those of you who called, thank you so much for leaving your questions. And now we've come to an end of our program. We invite you to tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Lewis Moffness and Jessica Moffness saying good, good night. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net, or message us on Facebook at facebook.com/forward/slash/joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.